Welcome once again to the Full Nelson Podcast. This is Brandon Nelson, host of the Full Nelson Podcast. I am welcome once again with my boy, Chase Matsi. Popping them. Now, Popping tops. Now, this is a this is an interesting day. Last night we had our this, this this was the start of the second night of debates for the Democratic Party. Well, second second debates. Second. This was the first night of the second debates. It's kind of confusing, right? And going forward tonight, this is July thirty first. This evening we're going to be able to watch the second night of the debates. We're going to see the A teamers tonight, but we kind of want to go over what happened on the first night. The B teamers on the first night in. You know, they basically put the left-leaning lefties, the leftists, the socialists, with the moderates, which was very polarizing for a (laughs) CNN move. Because CNN usually likes to have everyone agree with each other. But tonight, it's like they put the most radical of the radical against the most moderate of the moderate and made them find middle ground. It was really interesting. You say moderate. Okay. That, that was how MSNBC described what happened last night. They apparently had three to four, quote-unquote, moderates. And who they were talking about were um, John Hickenlooper, Delaney. Um, John Delaney, who I thought was the most reasonable out of everyone. At, oh, so Hickenlooper, Tim Ryan, Bullock. He was, he's, this was his first time being on a debate, the first time he was not involved. Montana, right? Yeah, Montana. He was he the was, governor there yeah. back in 2013. Um, and, and John Delaney. So those four were – I don't know if – Tim I would Ryan con- of Ohio, though, the governor of Ohio. I do not know if I would consider any of those people to be, quote-unquote, moderates. Um, I would consider them liberal, but the rest of them are just that far left. I guess they come out as they, – they, they have sort of a persona as being a moderate just because of how far left the rest of their opponents at this point are. Yeah, relatively, they're moderate – progressives right they're still progressives but they're moderate progressives they're like they're almost they're, they're more like hillary clinton they're just trying to win yeah the, they're trying to win the election they're not trying to piss anyone off they're trying to find the middle ground and win the independence the way and I, that's what they were going after was the independence that were sick of trump yeah i mean the way i kind of looked at it was i saw three to four quote-unquote adults versus a bunch of children when i look at uh, the, the way these people talk to each other the way they they answer questions they don't answer questions they just push in the way. We saw that a lot with Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders. They just, you know, they, they they worded things in a way that they weren't actually answering the question. Now, before we actually get into this, I want to tell you, everybody out there, because the majority of you are my peers and you didn't actually watch the debate. So I watched all two hours of it. I covered it going. You're welcome. And we after. didn't want to watch it, you guys, but we watched it for the listeners. And it was painful. So I'm going to have to do the same thing tonight, but I'm going to tell you who was involved. All right. So I'm going to go on, based on the stage. There was 11 people on the stage last night um, from left to right. So you had Marion Williamson, who was an author. She's Oprah's little spiritual girl, advisor, spiritual advisor, something like that. She's an author. Big deal. And we're going to get more into Marion Williamson here in a little bit. I have some clips that you might appreciate from her. Marion Williamson. Then you had Tim Ryan. Then you had Amy Klobuchar. Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete. In the middle, you had uh, Bernie. And you had Elizabeth Warren, obviously. The, the two front runners in CNN's mind, the two far left-leaning socialists. They want to put them middle stage and give them all the softball questions. That's who got the softballs tonight was the person in the middle, just like the first round in the first night where Elizabeth Warren got all the softballs. She got them again tonight, but instead she had her number one nemesis, Bernie Sanders, sitting right next to her. So Elizabeth, you know, we'll get back into that later, but go ahead. And to the right of uh, Elizabeth Warren, we had immediately 
Beto O'Rourke out of Texas, John Hickenlooper, Robert Francis O'Rourke, John Delaney, and um, and and immediately to his right of John Delaney was his first time here. I could previously mention Steve Bullock. Steve Bullock was actually pretty smooth. You know, he's governor a governor of man. Montana. He seemed like a. He almost reminded me of like a a left leaning, just le- of left libertarian. Not necessarily, but like he's definitely a liberal. But he is. Oh, he, yeah. He's pretty. He's normal. Like he doesn't seem like a crazy person. He seems, he seems like, like a good dude. We I could feel actually like have we a conversation. Could hang out yes. Yeah. Freaking Steve Bullock. I felt that way about Hickenlooper, Delaney, and really, I want to tip my hat to, to to Tim Ryan, who's the ex governor of Ohio. Tim Ryan made a, a really good point, kind of going after Bernie and Elizabeth later on healthcare, and you know that's one of the things we really wanted to cover first was. This whole debate, and at least in Brandon, would you agree? Was this was the majority of this debate about healthcare? Like, I feel like the first thirty to forty-five minutes, I didn't keep track with it entirely. I was like, "Why are they still going after healthcare? Healthcare, healthcare, healthcare!" Like that's something on the DNC's agenda right now, and I don't know why. Uh, but that's what they did for the first forty-five minutes. And it was funny. What Hickenlooper kind of caught me off guard because in the first debate, I didn't pay any attention to him at all. Um, but then he goes immediately after uh, Bernie Sanders. And he calls him out for, you know, talking private health care. He's talking about basically just blocking these our American people of, of their health care options. And what would happen if Bernie Sanders had his way, over 180 million people would not be able to have their private insurance anymore. And that's so I know that sounds a little ridiculous. I mean, just say that one more time. How many people? 180 million people. So we're talking over more than half of the American population. So that just goes to show like you know, everyone wants to talk down about our, our healthcare insurance industry, but there's 180 million people that are in, uh, like that are part of our private healthcare insurance industry. So, like, you know, our parents both had private healthcare. We kind of talked about this the last debate cycle, but our parents have private healthcare. Most police officers, nurses, union workers in factories, everyone has private healthcare insurance. It's only the retirees in the mega, mega poor that have government insurance in those who recently enrolled in Obamacare, which was like 10 million people, if I'm not mistaken. Ask your grandparents, a lot of you out there that are listening, all 10 of you, ask your grandparents how they like being on Medicare. How efficient is it? How cheap is it? How good is the service that you're receiving? It's probably not very good. Do you want to be like that elderly grandparent you have sitting at home living on Medicare? Well, probably not, right? But they're calling for this thing called Medicare for All, which is more like a VA system. They're saying that everyone, not just the retirees and not just the people on Medicaid, like the uber, uber poor among us that super duper duper need it, but all the veterans, the worst healthcare in this country given by anybody is veterans affairs. All the VA hospitals, you can ask all the nurses, all the doctors, all the physical therapists, all the psychologists, they all agree that the VA is the worst healthcare system in the United States right now. And that is the one that the government has 100% control of. So Bernie and Elizabeth, that is their thing. They want the VA for all. I was wanting to play a clip for the podcast from the one and only, (laughs) the biggest socialist in the entire group, Bernie Sanders himself. So when I was watching this last night, I saw this clip. I should have recorded it right there, but I didn't Um, because I I figured, you know, it's Google. I should be able to find this clip. I should be able to find this quote and put it on a podcast. But I looked on Google. I had help from my buddies. Like, help me find this. Help me find this. 
Um, I couldn't find it on any way, any, any, any source. I couldn't find it on Facebook. I couldn't find it on Twitter. I couldn't find it all over Google and Yahoo. I couldn't find it anywhere. What he was saying was basically in a four year period, I think that we can go from a Medicare system going from 65 years old to 55 to 45 years old to 35 years old. We're going to take the Medicare system basically from 65 years to 35 years. That's what he wants. And he also said, he added immediately after that quote, that this is not a radical thing. This is not a radical thing. It's eventually going to be uh, every adult. So anybody over the age of 18 years old, excuse my phone, which I didn't turn off. Anybody <laughs> over the age of 18 years old is going to be allowed to have Medicare. We all growing up, we always thought this was for just like elderly people that you know couldn't afford to have some sort of health insurance because they're retired. Like these are 65 years or older. That was the retirement age. That's like society has deemed the perfect retirement age. And now it, we're going to what 18 years old. Is that what we want now? It's just, um, you know, that was the one healthcare was the one area last night where these people truly disagreed. And it was nice. It was actually nice to see them disagree. And I know you're passionate and trust me, he's voicing three much three times less of my rage about this. You know, my girlfriend is a, a med student. Um, it's just one of those things that, you don't want the government, the most powerful people, the ones that have all the guns to control all the healthcare in the country. And so basically, Tim Ryan, the poor freaking moderate bastard from Ohio, he goes, he was explaining to Warren and to Sanders that all the unions, all the teachers, all the nurses, all the cops, all the factory workers, all the plant workers, the refinery workers, they all have private health care insurance. You're literally going to strip the doctor from 180 million people in this country and put it up to a government bureaucrat. And Bernie Sanders is over here saying, oh, no, but the total health care cost will go down and there's going to be less bureaucracy with Medicare for all. And it's like, dude, less bureaucracy you're literally taking what the private healthcare insurance industry does and transferring it all into the government that's going to create five fucking times the bureaucracy pardon my french but five times the bureaucracy it's going to be three times the cost maybe four times the cost and him and elizabeth warren were saying that the cost would be cut in half now how dishonest is that well, yeah, this is one of the things that they talked about in cutting down those costs was in terms of like billing costs. It was it was something Bernie said that was so stupid. He's saying like, yeah, bureaucratic. It's all billing It's all stupid. It makes no sense to anybody that has a brain. Any, there was yeah, oh. anybody that had Obamacare. So you know, like if you get onto the exchange and you had to go buy Obamacare and you didn't have private health insurance, and you're just a regular guy whose uh, company doesn't offer health insurance. 1099, maybe you might be an independent maybe, contractor that's right. or whatever. Yeah, that's you're damn right. So like you're a 1099 employee and you're, you know, you out, you go install valves into a, into a chemical plant. Okay. You're required to go on the exchange and buy Obamacare. Like your healthcare cost relative to private health insurance 
it went up 25% on average, and that's a conservative estimate. Not to mention, you lost your doctor because Obama said, if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Guess and what? Obama was a liar. He lied <laughs> to you because a lot of people that switched from their private health insurance or retired and got onto Obamacare, they lost their doctor. And it's heartbreaking. Doesn't that break your freaking heart? Someone who listened to the guy and actually bought in to the Kool-Aid and drank the Kool-Aid and Next thing you know, they got to go to some doctor way in another town because the other one doesn't want to accept Obamacare as a payment. Yeah, in a way, a doctor is a very intimate part of a lot of people's lives. I mean, this is somebody you see regularly. Even if you're healthy, you might go to them once or twice a year, get regular checkups when you're sick. You trust these people. And when you get screwed out of that, you don't know where you're going to be able to go. You have to, like you said, travel long distances. Yeah, it was and open up to somebody you've never even met in your entire life. You like I've had my same doctor for the last 20 years because of private health insurance. If I would have been on Obamacare, who knows what would have happened? And, and a lot of people have suffered for it and they still they still currently do suffer because of Obamacare. Yeah, it's I mean it's just you know, it was basically Bernie and it was Elizabeth Warren saying that they wanted to get rid of all private health care insurance. And we have a one size fits all health care plan for everyone via the government in the entire country. All 300 and some odd million of us. You, grandma, who's a millionaire, has the same version of health care as homeboy on the street, you know, that hasn't been employed in 10 years but he somehow is finding a way to, to get drugs. Like they want that equivalency and all the rest of the people on the stage, you're talking about Hickenlooper, you're talking about Delaney, you're talking about Steve Bullock and you're talking about uh, Tim Ryan. They're all sitting there going, no, 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 no. Whoa, guys pump the brakes. I mean, geez. And it's really telling CNN put them in the stage, but, there was a really cool moment, and I want to play this clip where Mar Marianne Williamson actually became the moderate in between the moderates and in between the socialists. So she uh, she actually, uh, the first thing I saw on Drudge Report this morning was she yodeled. Let's play that yodel clip from Marianne Williamson. Here you go. And how do you respond to the criticism from Senator Warren that you're not willing to fight for Medicare for all? <laughs> I, I don't know if Senator Warren said that about me specifically. I admire very much what Senator Warren has said and what Bernie has said. But I have to say, I have a, I'm normally way over there with Bernie and Elizabeth on this one. I hear the others, and I, I have some concern about that as well. And I do have concern about what the Republicans would say, and that's not just a Republican talking point. I do have concern that it will be difficult. I have concern that it will make it harder to win, and I have concern that it will make it harder to govern. Because if that's our big fight, you, then the Republicans will so shut us down on Mayor everything Buttigieg. else. Mayor Buttigieg. So... Um, Thank you, Marianne Williamson, for hearing the other side of the issue. I don't know if you guys heard that, but there was a little bit of a yodel in there. It's like, I'm, oh, over, I'm way over here for Elizabeth and Bernie. Like, she just kind of yodeled, but I think she'd been smoking some pot. Honestly, she made a great point. Like, it's not very winnable, um, but she handled it so well. She handled it like a 
like a Southern Belle, you know, the debate questionnaire, whatever the moderator was like, hey, you know, so-and-so girl was talking about so-and-so you saying that you said this. And it's like she responded with, well, I'm not so sure that she really said that. I think what she really meant was we all care about healthcare. Also, I think you guys low-key may be a little crazy on this. Like, we got to be realistic. Um, but regardless, um, she's trying to be a realist. Obviously, her uh, she's Oprah's spiritual advisor. So you think Oprah wants to go sit in the same healthcare lines as uh, Joe Schmo on the side of the street? I don't think so. Yes. Um, but <laughs> anyway, I want to make one point. If you will allow me, Brandon, this soapbox, will you please allow me? This is hard to give an executive approval, but I will do so now. If it gets out of hand, it will be canceled. I will screen it, but go ahead. That's fine. Allow me this soapbox. Okay, so this is my soapbox. Bear with me. I know it's not the most popular opinion, but I want to give an analogy that is to healthcare and that is to, you know, this kind of this democratic candidate group that's trying to tell us about healthcare. It's like, honestly, why are we allowing the people that passed Obamacare to tell us about this Medicare for all gambit? And back in 2014, Obamacare was passed like it was going to be the last thing Americans ever needed for healthcare, and it was going to solve all the problems. All these people dying in the streets, evidently, are going to get healthcare. So what happened? Obviously, there's a healthcare crisis occurring, according to Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, and the rest of the candidates on the stage, for that matter. For everybody, it's a it's a healthcare crisis. What are we going to do? Healthcare for all, Medicare for all. We're going to bring it down to every person that is 18 years or older. It's all free. There's going to be no deductibles. It's going to be free. What is free? There is no such thing as free. There is not, not, no such thing as free. No such thing as a free lunch, people. If you can, if anybody out there can prove that there's such thing as free, but let us know, please. I mean, come on. Right. So anyway, my my whole thing is I want to give this analogy. So under Obamacare, like I said, premiums rose 25% on average, and everyone who got it basically had to go to a different doctor. So Obamacare was a failure. They passed it in through the back door. They passed it as a tax. Obama, I mean, Trump repealed the tax. So now it's no longer classified as a tax, and it's getting fought out in the Supreme Court right now. But Obamacare didn't work. If healthcare was such a crisis, then how come Obamacare didn't work? You guys passed it like it was going to be the end-all, be-all of healthcare, Democrats. And it's like, it's like, why would I let the guy that cut off my left leg sell me a crutch? That's my analogy. That's my soapbox. You literally cut my leg, left leg off. Why would, I let, why would I let you sell me a crutch or a prosthetic leg? It just doesn't make any sense. You guys, you Democrats, y'all screwed the healthcare system up and made it way more expensive. What you did didn't work. And so that's just kind of my whole point. That's my soapbox. I'm so tired of your soapbox. I think the entire world is tired of your soapbox. I needed to hear it. But let's move on to something fun. This is the Full Nelson Podcast. We want to keep things fun. We want to keep things entertaining. Let's move away. Let's keep it fun. Screw the health care talk. Now let's talk something funny. Let's discuss something really funny. 
white supremacy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, white supremacy, Nazism, neo-Nazism, some sort of bigotry. That's what we're seeing now. Name calling. And now we've seen that a lot with the Democrats, especially today. Because when you can't win debates, what do you do? You start name calling. And what did we have our Facebook messenger guy that messaged us on Facebook? What did he say? Which one? We had a, a listener message into the oh, show. Oh, 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 oh. Here. Yeah, look at him. Look him up real quick. He had a great input. I'm going to read uh, you. We, okay, so this is actually the first time since we've had the Full Nelson podcast up on iTunes. So this is our fourth official episode. And I've always wanted to have some sort of input from listeners and whatnot. And I, I continue to want that. Well, let me pull this up real quick. Um, his message was really cool. It gave us some things that he thought we wanted, to, he thought we should discuss with his uh, ideas. Okay, here it is. Yo, checked it out. Um, don't do what Dems do, he says. You know, classifying an entire group as one label in the parentheses. All Dems are communists, blah, blah, blah. I think your friend was saying that. He's talking about Chase here. So I did say that. He's correct. I did say all the Dems are communists. But which, are they? They're not. No, they're not. But they have the same tactics. And I get what he's saying. And I get ahead of my skis sometimes and, and start name calling just like them. I go down to their level. I don't want to talk about substantive debate. I call names. So, you know, good for you. Ian, for, for messaging Brandon, you had some good input. I agree with you. I'll try to stop the name, Colin. And we agree with you that not all um, Democrats are communists. Most of them are, though, or support some sort of communist slash and or socialist agenda. But, you know, I was watching this video and it was talking about the Leninist idea of power. And that is you get power. And then once you have power, you just call everyone else names and you don't really need to do anything to anyone. You just silence your dissidents. And let's hear what Elizabeth Warren had to say about Donald Trump and his racism in last night's debate. Let's listen to that. And then as soon as she's done with that, I'm going to finish Ian's message because he has some other really cool things we need to discuss. Go ahead with Elizabeth Warren. To call out white supremacy for what it is, domestic terrorism, and it poses a threat to the United States of America. We live in a country now where the president is advancing environmental racism, economic racism, criminal justice racism, healthcare racism. The way we do better is to fight back and show something better. So <laughs> we have environmental, we have economic, we have criminal justice, and we have healthcare racism. Four different types of racism that have nothing to do with race at all. What we, when, you, when you go back to criminal justice racism, justice reform was with – Donald Trump was actually with Cory Booker and a bunch of these Democrats that are actually on stage right now and are in the Senate and Congress, some sort of public official that they performed some sort of public uh, – they performed – Justice reform against racism. Criminal justice reform. Criminal justice reform. Rand Paul and Cory Booker and all those people, they got across the aisle. And Donald Trump. (laughs) Racist, though. Donald Trump, who's trying to get ASAP Rocky out of jail in Sweden, mind you, is literally – He's, he's for criminal justice reform. They passed it. He signed it into law. What the hell are you talking about? Like, we all agree across the aisle, someone shouldn't be thrown into jail for a plant for the rest of their lives. That's criminal justice reform. 
we all don't agree with three strikes, you're out, like the Clintons passed in the 90s. That's a democratic ideal. So we, like, you know, we don't, we don't agree with Elizabeth Warren that Donald Trump is criminally, justicely racist. No, that's it, absolutely absurd. So you're just having to go to that name calling. That's what we see now. When you when you've lost so many debates, when you lose a debate, when you're a little kid, when you lose a debate, you always go to some sort of name calling. You are a butthead. You're an idiot. Oh, you get so angry and you say, you're "Shut stupid. up, stupid!" Yeah, you're stupid. Because you have nothing, nothing to win in terms of data, in terms of facts, in terms of evidence, in terms of some sort of this. I'm so frustrated right now. Some sort of logos. You got to have logic, right? You got to have logic backing up your argument. But everything that they promote is emos. It's all. Is there any logic on the left? What we've seen? It's all emotional. I mean, they started talking about reparations. They started talking about reparations last night. Is there any logic in reparations? I mean, is there any logic overall? Had, I don't think I don't think there's any logic in reparations, especially. There's some logic. I'm not saying they're illogical. They had some good things to say about. I think they're emotional. Policy. There's a difference. There's a huge difference between a logical person and an emotional person. Yeah, I mean, they were the most emotional people last night, and they're the furthest left. That's kind of the the further left you go, the more emotional you get, and it's like I want a revolution. I want to have a violent revolution. Like it's all just. It's all very emotional. You're not giving any data. You're not backing it up with any substantial evidence. All you're doing is pandering to a certain group of people at the expense of another group of people. And what really pissed me off was when they started going after Marianne Williamson, who, to be honest, was a voice of reason last night, which is why she won the Drudge Poll. Yeah, she was the most honest person on stage. Was she nuts? Yes. Yes. Does she have a soul anymore? No, I don't think she does. I don't she think any of is okay. But the, was she sincere? Does she truly believe what she does? Does she want the American people to be better? I think she truly does. Uh, but that's an issue. I, I Just because that she is a nice person, quote unquote, because she loves everybody, because she wants to take care of people that don't even live anymore. 400 years ago, slave owners, slave, excuse me, slaves, people that were held by slave owners, because we should apologize to those people. That had been in the grave for 300 years. And the moderators attacked her for reparations for some reason. It's like the moderators at CNN are so Jake smart. Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper, Don Lemon, who is the most dishonest journalist in, he, in the history of news, in my opinion. Beta. Yeah, Don Lemon, you – I don't want to use Brandon's terms quite often, but you are a beta. Like, you are the worst, and you pump the Russian collusion hoax down our throats for about – Every day for the last two years, which is why, Don Lemon, you didn't ask anything about impeachment last night. But that's another issue. Let's go back to Marianne Williamson. They attacked her. The CNN uh, moderators, Brandon, they attacked her. They attacked her. They go, Marianne Williamson, you've written a lot of books and you're Oprah's spiritual advisor. You know, what do you what makes you qualified to hand out reparations? As if anyone on that stage is qualified to hand out reparations. Nobody is. Like, what makes it your right to hand someone else's money that never had slaves to people that never were slaves? 
Like, and that's your question towards Marion Williams is what they, qualifies you to steal from others and give from other people that were never slaves. She, is she, in terms of you're, sp- you're specifically talking about reparations in terms of reparations. I think Marion Williamson was the only one up on stage last night that who, when they, when they, when they talk about people wanting reparations, she's the only one that actually believes this is a good idea. Because she, she's not smart, but she actually has a good heart in a lot of ways, in my opinion. She said that back in the day, it was 40 acres and a mule is what you got in reparations as a slave. And you know what? That sounds pretty dang fair to the slaves that were actually slaves. But as far as their descendants, you could have you literally had a 300-person family. They're all going to get 40 acres and a mule? Is that what your plan is, Marianne? How do you prove that there were slaves? And how do you find out exactly who were the slave owners? Who who pays these reparations? I've talked about this before. What about the Irish? What about all those people that were held as indentured servants and stuff like that? You can't prove this stuff. My family moved here in the 1890s. There was no slavery in America in the 1890s. We didn't own any slaves. Yeah, but you owe the black people that uh, their family was slaves. Um, so you, your family and you especially, you need to be able to be the one to pay these people a certain part of your tax dollars that needs to be going to these people that we can may or may not prove that their families came from slaves. I'm just saying they always say that Trump is the divisive one in this country dividing us. What's more divisive than that? Bringing back something that hasn't existed for whatever, 170 years, 140. Okay. I'm not good at math. I'm slow. I'm from the South, but it's been a long time. I don't know any slaves. But I don't 144 years. I don't know slavery. any slave. I don't know any anybody that their parents have been slaves. I don't know anybody that their grandparents have been slaves. Yeah, but regardless of reparations, I mean, they didn't spend a lot of time on that. But we will. We do want to play a video um, that we which uh, one the one of Beta O'Rourke, a uh, Beta or Beto, um, Robert Francis. Uh, I thought you were using one of my the one about <laughs> the one about the world ending in how many years, Brandon? Alexandria Ocasio Cortez said it was twelve years. Beto O'Rourke says no, it's actually ten years. I'm listening to scientists on this, and they're very clear. We don't have more than ten years to get this right, and we won't meet that challenge with half steps or half measures or only half the country. So there you go. We have less than basically less than ten years before it's all over but how do we fix it does beto give any plan on how to solve this at all does he give anything any insight on how we're going to fix this are we just not going to drive anymore we're not going to fly in airplanes are we not going to drive uh, trains going back and forth are we not going to have boats anymore what are we going to do to fix this are we not going to pump oil anymore i mean what do we do does anybody have any idea beto you're going to be running the most powerful country in the world if hypothetically you were to win the election but there's no way in hell that is going to happen no one votes for you because you were just you were more mouthy than I am right now last night. <laughs> you, you came off like a clown. You had no real solutions to anything. When, when questions were asked, you just got mouthy and you just went away from the question. You were almost like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie in a lot of ways. And no one respects you anymore. I mean, if you're not going to win the Texas Senate, how are, you, how, are, how, are, how, are, how are you going to win the presidency of the greatest country on this side of heaven? And the greatest thing about the bottom of the little name tag on Beto O'Rourke was it was former U.S. representative because 
the fact that we allowed someone like him to represent Texas on a national level, seeing how he wants to get rid of fossil fuel production and consumption in this country. He was the number one guy behind AOC. And it turns out he's now more radical than AOC. AOC said 12 years. He said 10. He's two years more radical. So the fact that you're a Texan and you're sitting here defending all of our jobs and defending our way of life and not to mention all the tax revenue that is produced from us going to California and going to New York and Illinois, all those bankrupt countries. It's like, dude, look at where you're from. And not only that, he wanted to open up the border. He wanted to give health care to undocumented immigrants. He wanted to decriminalize border crossing. So Healthcare plus decriminalized border crossing equals Norte, Mexico. That is what Beto wants. In the next segment here, we're going to be discussing the second night on uh, July 31st. We're going to talk the second night. This is going to be the most important night. Uh, it'll be coming up here in the next segment right after the break. Be back soon. Later. Now, welcome to the summary of debate two, night two of the Democratic presidential campaign. These people are trying to go be the president next year or two years, I guess, whatever. Um, I just want to give you a quick summary of what to expect on debate two, night two. It's very, you know, it's a brave, exciteful, insightful testimony that is genuine and sincere. And, and, and everything said is not there to promote any emotional support. She's not just doing it to win an election. This is genuine. I want you to, here's, here's a quick summary from our dear friend from New York, Ms. Gillibrand. Here you go. Kirsten Gillibrand. So I don't believe that it's the responsibility of Corey and Kamala mm-hmm. to be the only voice that takes on these issues of institutional racism, systemic racism in our country. I think as a white woman of privilege who is a Mm -hmm. U.S. senator running for president of the United States, it is also my responsibility to lift up those voices that aren't being listened to. And I can talk to those white women in the suburbs that voted for Trump and explain to them what white privilege actually is. That when their son is walking down a street with a bag of M&Ms in his pocket, wearing a hoodie, his whiteness is what protects him from not being shot. a car that breaks down and he knocks on someone's door for help and the door opens and the help is given it's his whiteness that protects him from being shot Mm -hmm. that is what white privilege in america is today and so my responsibility is to not only lift up those stories but explain to communities across america like i did in youngstown i'm done i'm done jace jace i'm done but that's basically the summary of what i saw on night two i couldn't even watch the whole thing after i start hearing crap like that i can't i can't finish it I mean, I mean, okay, so let's start with who – I'm with Chase here again. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's your boy, Chase. I'm going to give you a quick run-through of who is on stage. You're not going to have to see them for very much longer because you have to have – what is it? You have to have 2% of – what is it? 2% of the of the votes from four of the biggest polls. And I don't know how accurate those are, but they have to somehow get 2% of that. And they also have to have 130,000 um, donors – I don't know how they get 130,000 like plural donors. Yeah. I don't know how they even count that either. They count it by the amount of different individuals, I would guess. And registered donors, whatever. Okay. So so they're they're, they're competing for that. So these people are trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to stick out. So they kind of had to do some crazy things, especially for the people right on the edge, like a Tulsi Gabbard and people like that. 
Um, let me go run through for, for day two who was actually there. So we had Bill, uh, Mayor Bill de Blasio, New York City. Billy D. Oh, Michael Bennett or Benet. How do you pronounce it? I think it was Bennett. I think Bennett's correct. B- Bennett? Where's he from? Oh, Col- he's from Colorado, uh, home of Coors Light that I just uh, crickety cracked. And home of pot. A <laughs> lot, a lot of pot. The center mm. out of there. Uh, Jay Inslee, he looked weak. He's a governor out of uh, Washington. Also a lot of pot up there. Uh, Kirsten uh, Children <laughs> uh, from New York. Um, she was the evil woman I played that clip of just now. Col- Tulsi Gabbard, who I love. I love her. She's gorgeous. She's out of Hawaii. She's a, uh, she's a, she's a veteran. She's a veteran and she's anti-war. And she's the only one on that stage that's truly an anti-war candidate. She's by far the hottest candidate, too. <laughs> Like if I had if I had to like, God forbid something happened to Trump. Oh, poor Trump! And I had to vote for a Democrat. I would vote Tulsi Gabbard, not necessarily because of her policy, but she works out and she's really hot. She's not terrible to look at. I will uh, I will agree with you there. Uh, Julian Castro, mayor of San Antonio. Other than that, he's done nothing. Andrew, he was well. He was. He, he was Obama's secretary of housing and urban development, better known as HUD. HUD. So he was the HUD secretary, more like the HUD secretary. Anyways, he's climbing the ladder fast, man. That Julian Castro, Julian, Julian Castro is a threat to be dealt with. Really, yeah. Uh, that's one of the biggest guys right now that Donald Trump is just shaking in his boots about. He's thinking, what am I going to do when I have to get on stage next year? And fight against Julian Castro. Yep. Also, Andrew Yang. What am I going to do against Andrew Yang, the entrepreneur that's just wanting to give money to every 18-year-old in the United States? He was also on stage. You're not going to see him very much longer. We also have Cory Booker that uh, looks like he's on coke. Every time he's on stage, his eyes are wide as all get out. He's wearing the he saw he, he was wearing the uh, the power red tie, so he looked pretty impressive. The gladiator, as we like to call him. When he said the gladiator, that's that's like his nickname. Like it's kind of well known nickname. Of, no, I uh, thought it was something else. Yeah, something happened. Well, but uh, no, it, this is this goes back to um, oh shoot, when when was this? this was the Brett Kavanaugh? Anyway, any anyways, he, he gave himself a stupid nickname that makes no sense to him. This guy is a weak individual, and he will not be president. So let's go forward. We have also, in my opinion, which I've stated many times in this podcast, Kamala Harris, who I've always said is going to be the the primary winner for the democratic party and um, who going into this race was going to be the, the future president. A lot of Democrats thought so. Joe Biden, uh, uncle Joe, Mr. Biden, Obama's friend, you know, he still hasn't endorsed him. He hasn't endorsed him. Why, why, why hasn't Joe Biden been endorsed by the, the Messiah of the democratic party, president Obama? Because Obama's smart, and if you can wait until like the day before the race when the odds are a little bit more accurate, why wouldn't you wait until all the information's priced into the market? <laughs> you know, uh, why I, I, bet on the early favorite freaking months before the race? The guy could, you know, a horse could sprain its ankle or something and not even be running. Yeah, wait till the odds are actually uh, pretty more, pretty much accurate. Mm-hmm. You know, wait till the numbers come out. So that's right, what you still think. early. And I think the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, is actually trying to figure out what the people really want. 
the intermediates, if they think that this Joe Biden is going to be their guy. But by, there's no doubt about it in my mind after watching this last couple of debates. Joe Biden is by far the most reasonable person that's on these stages. Would you agree with me, Chase? Yeah. Um, de Blasio had his moments. Michael Bennett, Senator Colorado, definitely had a couple of moments. I think Bennett was the smartest guy up there. They just don't um, have the name recognition. I think that's right. an issue. So Joe Biden, though, was, you know, he's kind of like a moderate guy. And I hate to call him a moderate because Joe Biden really is he's not a moderate. He's no, he's a pretty much a, you know, he's he's got a lot of blood on his hands. He's voted for a lot of wars. That's not very moderate. Like he's voting to uh, he voted on Obamacare like he voted. He'll never vote to stop raising the debt ceiling like he's a he's a radical progressive. Yeah, he is. I mean, anyway, he he, 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 you consider him a moderate. I don't know what just a normal liberal is anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, is, is it just that far? What what is it just a normal moderate liberal is it is it biden who is it no i so this is this is kind of what i say and i know this is gonna maybe make a little bit people upset i hope it makes you upset i hope you come after us do it the democrats are all socialists now socialists and and the republicans are all democrats now and Donald Trump, I hate to tell you guys, is basically a Democrat. He doesn't have any principles. <laughs> so you, you, yeah, you said that a lot. He runs on nothing really. He is he's he reminds me of every Democrat right now. It's, it has nothing to do with any sort of policy. He doesn't really care about anything other than power. Right. It's all power, all greed. He's done it his entire life. His entire adult life, all he's done is wanting more and more power, just like the entire Democratic Party has done for my entire life. He's good at politics. He's a politician. He's trying to get reelected. So he's got to do it. Anyway, the one thing at the beginning before the debate even started (laughs) was Joe Biden. um, Apparently, if you turn the volume up on your TV on the CNN debate, Joe Biden kind of whispered as he was shaking Kamala uh, Harris's uh, hand. and uh, (laughs) He goes, uh, go easy on me, kid. Like you can hear him say that on the stage. Anyway, I think he's a racist for saying that. You know, he's going after a minority. He's going after a minority, not saying. And a woman, Good luck, Senator. And Is she's she, a woman. She's a woman. She, he's a misogynistic. Uh, I, I can think of so many different words to describe Joe Biden. But he was trying to intimidate her. It reminds me of the movie Campaign when they have that when they go after each other, they shake hands and they're trying to do a little trash talk. They happen to just catch it. On video, and they they caught it on microphone. She goes, oh, "Good luck to you, Senator." And she goes, and he goes, "Hey, go easy on me, kid." Yeah, I'm disparaging. <laughs> He's getting in her head. Nah. Even though the last time they debated, guess who won that one? Kamala, right? Kamala, and she so, went to his throat last time, and now he's having to come out with some trash talk. Come at me, kid. Well, they went straight to healthcare, so that was straight to healthcare. You know, Jay Inslee, the governor of why are they uh, doing this? Why are they going to healthcare every freaking time? I'm so sick of talking about healthcare. I don't know, but is that what the people of America want right now? I guess it, about? that's what the Democrats are talking about. Like the Republicans, I guess, want, want their immigration policy change, and the Democrats are all about their healthcare. So. I was like, they went straight to healthcare and Kamala immediately squares off with Biden. And they're basically hair splitting at this point. Biden wants um, a private and public option. He was the guy who passed Obamacare. He still is a big fan of Obamacare. I guess in his mind, like if you're not going to get health insurance, 
you know, from Obamacare, then you're really not going to get health insurance is mm -hmm. probably how uh, Biden thinks right now. So his plan, his Biden 2.0 plan is like, <laughs> it's only like 900 billion or 850 billion. Yeah. Just because he was in the Obama administration, he feel like he wants to get credit for some of the Obamacare takes on it. Like it's all him too. It was yeah. like 50, 50. It was part me, but part Obama. I feel like that's what he's just carrying on to right now. So right, that's but what he has. He, it's, yeah. There's big differences. Like Biden, Biden said, if you like your insurance, you can keep it. Yeah. And they cost, you know, the Medicare for all plan costs three trillion dollars a year. So over ten years, three trillion. Yeah, that's trillion with a T. There's three of them, and like, I don't know. Um, and I just think it's very rich that Joe Biden is saying, if you like your insurance, you can keep your insurance. Same shit. It's like Obama said. <laughs> yeah. What did Obama say, Brandon? If you like your doctor, you can keep it. No, Bingo. that's a freaking lie. And that's what we're getting right now. It's the same crap over and over again. I thought I was going to get something new, something interesting in this debate. I was looking for something new and something interesting. And I really couldn't find it for the most part. If you can... Let me know if you found something new and interesting. Please reach out to us on the Full Nelson Podcast. Chase and I, we'd like to talk about it. Go ahead. For sure, for sure. And um, what, what happened the next? one voice of reason, Michael Bennett, was literally, he was like, let's be honest, people. This bans private health insurance for half the country. He's like, look around this room. You're literally telling me that you want to take away half the people in this room's insurance and raise taxes on practically all of you? I was like, let's be honest here. This is going to make us lose the election. That's what he said is this is going to hand the election to Donald Trump. And Michael Bennett, I got to tip my hat to you. You sound reasonable. I don't want my taxes to go up $3 trillion. Do you, Brandon? That's a doubling of the federal budget. I've never had a trillion dollars, but if I did, I would not want it to go up that much. I don't want it to do it. I don't want to pay that much in taxes. Anyway. So Michael so Bennett, I guess, was one of the most reasonable. Um Man, it, I, I honestly didn't watch a lot of it. Uh, I, it was hard to pay attention. I watched the entire thing. It was on the TV, but I couldn't pay attention to a lot of it. So I had to go back, like get on YouTube and Twitter and see some of the highlights. Do you have any clips I can watch? Yeah. So let's listen is, to a clip. This is Joe Biden uh, basically sounding off on all the people that want Medicare for all. Medicare. We talked about Medicare for all last time, but it's the $3 trillion um, cost added to the federal deficit. And all of these, all these people besides Who is Biden- uh, this is Joe, Dirty Joe Biden. Uncle. This is not a Republican talking point. The Republicans are trying to kill Obamacare. Obamacare took care of 20 million people right off the bat. 100 million people with pre-existing conditions. Mm. And in fact, what we got is a public option that in fact would allow anybody to buy in. No one has to keep their private insurance. They can buy into this plan. And they can buy into it at, with a $1,000 deductible and let, never have to pay more than 85 what? Ah, buffer. I hate the internet. I hate Google. Anyway, Joe Biden's freaking pissed. He is pissed. They're trying to call his bluff. And they're more radical than he is. I hate his plan. Obamacare sucks. I think majority of Americans would agree on that. All right, here he goes. Oh, finish it off. Play the movie. When they do it. And if they don't have any money, they'll get in free. So this idea is a bunch of malarkey. Malarkey. We're talking about here. The fact of the matter is... The crowd liked it. There will be a deductible. It will be a deductible on their paycheck. Bernie acknowledges. See, your paycheck. Bernie acknowledges. Three, for $30 trillion. 30. Has to ultimately be paid. And I don't know what math you do in New York... I don't know mm. what math you do in California, but I tell you, that's a lot of money. 
and there will be a deductible. The deductible will be out of your paycheck because that's what will be required. Oh my gosh, Dirty Joe. I can see why Leslie Nope on Parks and Recs loved you so much. That was just, that was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Like $30 yeah. trillion. Dollars. We don't have the fucking money. We don't have it. But yeah, he's a kind of a scumbag. He's sounding he, like he, a conservative over there. A modern day conservative, a modern day Republican, AKA a rhino. But yeah, I mean that's that's kind of what he did sound like. And uh, how about this? Uh, they moved on to immigration. What did you think about Julian Castro saying he wants to decriminalize illegal immigration and just make it make every illegal immigrant on a pathway to citizenship? What did you think Dude, about that? I've heard it with several different candidates. It started in the first debate. It went on to this debate. Okay, it is a crime to cross. The national border illegally, right? If you don't do it in the right process. Always has been, and it always has been in every other country. Oh, but they're separating these children and putting them in cages away from their parents. Look, I, I always go back to this. If you're in the United States of America, hypothetically, I have a child, right? I have a child, but I... I'm here illegally or legally, whatever. I have a kid. I commit a crime. You may say I murder somebody or I go rob that store over there. What are the police going to do with me? Are they going to take me to some sort of penitentiary or a jail and allow that child to be in that jail with me? No. No. They're not going to do that. And, and I, I don't get why. Well, I do get why. But when you, when you see Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at the border and Beto O'Rourke at the border talking about these immigration issues, oh, they're crying. They do not care. And they realize what's actually happening. It, it's just, a, it, it's all political. We really have, we do have an immigration crisis. I don't know if it's going to be building a wall is the answer, like our president had promised, like Mexico is going to pay for it. I don't know if that's, really the answer i actually kind of am against the wall on a lot of reasons um but in terms of immigration dude our democrats want these people in i think immigration is an issue that both the democratic side and the republican side wants i think that the republican side actually wants it too democrats want it for the votes let's let's be clear they want these people coming in and they want them to vote for the democrats because they love power. And they will vote for the Democrats. They will. And Republicans kind of want it too because they want to make a point like this is a real issue. These people are coming in by the thousands. By the thousands. And th th they think that's going to help them with their takes. They're going to help get the people, the Republican, quote unquote Republicans, the, the moderates, the conservatives that haven't voted in the last several elections. They think that's going to help them get more votes for them as well. So it all has to do with votes. Both Republicans and Democrats want an immigration crisis, in my opinion. I don't know. I don't think Republicans want an immigration crisis, but I anyway, think the, I think the RNC does. He literally, I mean, Julian Castro, a pathway to citizenship for everyone that crosses the border. That's just like Texas is just going to be North Mexico at that point. Where Houston is going to be Mexico City, or you know, Mexico Dallas or something. <laughs> I don't know. So Dallas, which what, what I used to consider Southern Oklahoma. Is that now going to be part of Mexico? 
Well, I thought we had taken it away in 1845 or whenever know. it was. Texas became a state in 1845, but that yeah. is true. Um, so we, we don't have much longer. But if uh, we keep going on this path, go ahead, Bob. I mean, Kirsten Gillibrand came out and said that no one has really enforced the immigration laws like Donald Trump, and I think that's a lie. Um, and Don Lemon basically Lemon. went after went after Biden, and he said, "Like, how do you defend Obama's deportation record?" Like. Don Lemon, the guy who was probably Barack Obama's number one cheerleader back in the day, is now crapping on Obama's deportation policies. So if you guys aren't aware, Obama deported a lot of people. I mean, a whole lot of people. His um, his ICE agency in the Department of Homeland Security was huge, and they were deporting people on a regular basis. That was kind and, of a – would you agree that's a weird question for Don Lemon to ask? Well, Don Lemon – pretty biased and- – his softball question. So he goes with that. I was kind of shocked at that question. Obviously, Don Lemon doesn't want Joe Biden. I don't know if I don't know if he went off script, but Don Lemon made some outlandish statements today, and I guarantee he's getting them fed to him. But what was crazy was Biden started talking to defend Obama's deportation policies, and there was people stand up and start protesting. Resist deportation. Resist deportation. <laughs> yeah. Like they all stood up and interrupted the debate. And like <laughs> poor Don Lemon. Don Lemon, who's trying to make him look like a bad guy, is like, okay, quiet, please. Quiet, quiet please. please. Hey, let's peace. let's have uh let's have some peace in the respect, in auditorium. Respect respect them, the candidates. Yeah. I don't know. It's I mean, just that's the Don Lemon was the guy up there on stage who's like, Oh, asking questions. How would you help the cities that Trump has uh, insulted or uh, something, some racist questions. I forget what it was. Anyway, they they got Inslee, oh uh, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington, who is an absolute nutbag. I mean, why Jay, is he even he there? He sounds like he's. <sighs> no one knows him. We barely know him. We keep up with politics on a daily freaking basis, and we have no idea really anything about Jay Inslee other than he's going. To, this is his last debate. That's all we freaking know. It's just he, the poor guy. Sounds like he got something wrong with him. I mean, anyway. <laughs> Inslee, he goes, they ask him about immigration. And uh, Inslee's number one topic is uh, climate change. He's the guy that's like basically going, the world's going to end if we don't eliminate fossil fuels in 15 years and in coal in 10 years. That's 10 years. Like, that's his plan. And he's, he's from, one of those, yeah. But he's not going to go anywhere. But anyway, that's that's his plan. That's his role is to be the radical environmentalist. Do you think he, um, do you think he truly believes that or is he just trying to say that to make him more – give him a better chance to go on to the next debate. Like say something that gets the crazies. Um, yeah, I mean – Because at this point I feel like – It's well, part of the plan. It's like part of the script that you have an, a crazy environmentalist on the stage because most of them were on the last debate. Warren, you know, Beto, they were in the last debate. So they're the real Green New Dealers, the world's going to end in 10 years sort of people. Okay. But, yeah. But all right. So – where was I at? Okay, so Inslee, yeah. Inslee goes – Inslee says that there's a white nationalist in the White House. And as governor of Washington, I was the number one guy who was accepting Syrian refugees into my state. And the crowd started clapping for him. They started applauding the taking of Syrian refugees, which mind you, we have destroyed that country. Like <laughs> <laughs> they are not exactly our friends. Like if you're going to drop a bomb on a country – why would you get their people to come into your country? Like they're going to be a little sore at you 
for bombing the old house down. Like, yeah, my it's neighbor. just not smart. If you're if you're bombing Nazi Germany, you don't allow Nazi German immigrants to come into your country. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, my neighbor Muhammad was just shot down. But hey, can I come into your state, Washington? Mr. Easley says, Easley says, come on, Bubba. I mean, we have a white supremacist in the White House or white nationalist. Excuse me. I, I mislabeled that's it. That's what Inslee said. He what, said, okay, we have white what is a white nationalist, Mr. Inslee? I, I don't know what a white nationalist is. He's a nationalist, meaning he puts his country before all other countries and then he's white. Is that what it means? No, it's just he's there. He's convoluting the two terms. And Trump is a nationalist, but all of these people are socialists. They're communists, basically. They're. I know you guys are mad that I'm calling all the Democrats communists, but the people on night one definitely were commies. These people are more just straight up socialists. But um, anyway, I'm slow, so, so I don't know the difference. But they, they, they're not they're not capitalists. Let's put it. Let's make it simple. These are not capitalists, which is what America was founded on. And or, Don Lemon asked Tulsi. He goes, "Do you support uh, free college for illegal immigrants?" Yes, I do. No, she said no. She didn't. No, she said no. I forgot. So Tulsi was freaking smart, and she dodged the bullet. See, Tulsi, like I said earlier, even though she's hot, if I had to vote, God forbid, vote for a Democrat, I would be Tulsi Gabbard. What'd she say? I don't know. She she said no, unfortunately. She said no that she would not vote. Yeah, okay. She didn't want Good. college for illegal immigrants. But if anyway. God forbid something happens to Donald Trump, um, you either have to vote for uh, Mike Pence, whatever. If something happens and whatever, you vote for Tulsi Gabbard. She's going to be a future president one day. I can tell you right now. She will. And um, anyway, so uh, there's another video I want y'all want y'all to listen to. Which one? They got into criminal justice and oh. Kamala Harris. You've, you've seen oh, this, Brandon. The, the prosecutor out of California, Kamala Harris. So Tulsi Gabbard, they try to paint her into another corner. Obviously, oh. I told you on the last one that she gets all the shitty questions. She does. So here's another shitty question, and watch her turn it on to Kamala Harris, who's standing right next to her. There you go. Is not behaving like a patriot. Oh. As, as a prosecutor in the criminal justice system. Senator Harris confronting oh, Vice President Biden at the last debate. You called it a, quote, false accusation that Joe Biden is a racist. What's your response? I want to bring the conversation back to the broken criminal justice system that is disproportionately negatively impacting black and brown people all across this country today. Now, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked Oops. evidence. man from death row until the courts forced her to do so she kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of california and she fought to keep cash bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way thank you congresswoman uh, senator harris you're kamala took a big hit r.i.p kamala you had a good run no. but dagger no, to the heart she's done i mean we you're done it was the same thing we thought, I feel like, on the first debate when Kamala went straight to Joe Biden. Right? I mean, it, it, this is a big hit. But does it really matter that much? It, it affected her in the polls for right now, but we still have a long way to go. I mean, we have like 440 freaking days until the election. Uh, obviously, the primary will be much closer to that, but still. Um, it, it, okay, I'll be honest. It, it was a big hit for Kamala. 
but I think she still has time to recover. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what goes forward. Overall, though, we're going to see the field. Um, I think it's going to decrease by about half. So we're going to have eight going forward. And, oh, in terms of day two, who do you, who 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 did you, who impressed you, and who disappointed you? It doesn't even matter anymore. I don't know, man. I think Biden really kind of. Everyone went after him, and I don't think it affected him at all. I think he, like, stood and stood took ground, everything kinda, yeah. and stood his ground. He still looked like he was freaking falling asleep half the time. And I saw another interview with him today, and it was, like, one of those TVs in a restaurant where you can't even hear the sound, but you can read the uh, subtitles or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was I was trying to read the subtitles, but I just couldn't take my eyes off his face. He looked like he was falling asleep in the interview on TV. Really? The guy just wants to go to bed. Like He's tired. Someone put that old man to bed. He's shit. Oh, poor well. guy. Overall, though, I don't think we learned anything that was crazy new. No. We didn't get anything beneficial out of it. It was just part of the process of learning what the Democrats we have are going to be failing out pretty soon. Who's going to be going forward. We've already known this for about a year now. Um. Uh, so, anyways, let's wait for the next one. It's going to be happening in September. This The entire month of August is off for the Democrats. But keep up with them. Follow them on social media and listen to what they're doing. That's uh, important to you. Anyways, this is a boring day for the Full Nelson podcast. I, uh, I'm looking forward to the next one. <laughs> Maybe we can get into some, uh, some stories that are happening about shootings in the United States for next week. Because I heard there was two shootings that happened, one possibly in the state of Texas, one possibly in Dayton, Ohio. So maybe we can do some uh, research, dig into uh, what's going on in the United States, if it's fixable. We don't want to jump on the information immediately without all the information and make a political stance. Like a few of the guys I know on yeah, the right the side of the aisle. Yeah, some of the some of the guys on the right side are, are freaking out right now, but I don't fully trust them. And some of the people on the left, most of the people on the left, are freaking out, and I don't trust them either. So we have to give our uh, we have to give it our full minds, and you know, think it through, sleep on it, smoke on it, as the potheads say. So we'll yeah. uh, so we'll give it some research, and we'll be back with you probably next week. This is the Full Nelson Podcast. I'm Brandon Nelson with Chase. Talk to you soon. Peace.